to the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your hosts, Jason Shepard and Lauren McClain. What is up, Cougar fans? Hope you enjoyed the break last week because now we're getting into the home stretch of the season. I'm Lauren McClain. And I'm Jason Shepard. Yeah, it's been two weeks ago that the Cougars dominated the Boise State Broncos on the Smurf turf in Boise, but there's still so much to talk about around the country in college sports. We've got an FCS opponent in town today, and the BYU basketball season starting up next week. Yeah, three games next week. They're, they're not waiting to jump into this, Lauren. They're jumping in with three games during Thanksgiving week. Plus, remember, when we had to go like five months without sports, like it's all coming together right now, and that uh, certainly gives us a lot of things to talk about each week here on the Cougar Tailgate. That's how I feel about what's going on it's, right now. It's been been feast or famine, hasn't it? Was, like you either have nothing or you have a lot. Or everything <laughs> all at once. And yet we great. still can't attend, but that's okay. And it does not feel like it was only two weeks ago that BYU played Boise State. That feels like months ago. And, and I, I, I don't know why. Well, and the funniest part about all of that was that was the game. And we, we even talked about it on the show. I mean, for the entire season, that was the game that we looked to and said, okay, that that's the one. That's going to be the barometer. That's the one that nobody's going to be able to take anything away from BYU. It's Boise. BYU's never won there. And then BYU goes up and absolutely just trashes the Broncos. The Getting the 86-yard the touchdown run, two plays in 26 seconds, and BYU has a, has a touchdown already. It was just insane. And, uh, and yeah, Zach it, it Wilson does... plays out of his mind. That's You know what? That's probably why it feels like it was so long ago, because we've been looking forward to that Boise State game since the very beginning of the schedule, and then it passed. You know, it was a huge blowout. It passed, and so you're like, oh, well, what else? Not, not like what else is right. there, but you have, okay, a bye week, North Alabama. So it just it just seemed like it was so long ago because I feel like fans could just take a breath. Yes, a yes. sigh of relief. So it's like, all right, now I can focus on my Thanksgiving plans and my <laughs> the, everything else I have going on. You know, the other part about that is if – that was BYU's eighth game. So the Cougars right now, 8-0, ranked eighth in both the AP and the coaches' poll. So a lot of eights going on right mm-hmm. now. But when when you think about it, BYU had played seven weeks in a row without any pause, mm-hmm. which with everything that's going on right now with COVID and everything, and, and every day there's more games being postponed or canceled, the fact that BYU has played eight games total in seven weeks in a row. That well, they is, did get the Army game right, but canceled, but that was... Yeah, so seven weeks since then. Yeah, oh, yeah, they, yeah. Because yeah, they played right. Navy, and yep, then they right. had the one where they didn't play, and then seven straight weeks they yeah, played. Right. So it's that in and of itself is a remarkable feat mm-hmm. this season. So true. And the Masters happening in November. Yeah. Super strange. Because the NBA... that's always when it happens. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> the NBA draft going on virtually a month after the season usually starts. A huge Hail Mary victory in the NFL, and that's just from this past week. But there's also plenty to get to around home in college football news. Starting with BYU head football coach Kalani Sitake was named Tuesday to the 2020 Paul Bear Bryant Award watch list. Yeah, Paul Bear Bryant, obviously the legendary coach at Alabama, and what a what a fantastic thing for Kalani to be uh, added to that uh, watch list. And I think the thing that I enjoyed the most about this was all of his players uh, on social media. You know, you have like BYU football will will tweet that out, and um, and all of the players were like, you know. 
unbelievably deserving. You know, couldn't go to a better guy. You know, he's, he deserves it. It was awesome to see his players be so happy for him that he's on this watch list, that the season is going the way it is, that, that Kalani is getting the recognition that he deserves. It was really cool to see all of his players chiming in on social media with just how happy they were to see him on that list. And he 100% deserves uh, every bit uh, to be on that list. I saw that Zach Wilson tweeted out, get the man extended. Get his contract <laughs> extended. And and I agree with you. I think he totally deserves it. And obviously not this year, but in previous previous years with Kalani, we had the opportunity to be around him a lot. And we could see how he coached, see how he was with the players. He's a total players coach. I mean, he he loves those guys like they were his own children. Without he question. really does. He really does. And I he knows the game really well. He has surrounded himself with some great coaches and has overcome some some tough previous seasons to have this remarkable season this year. So I think he absolutely deserves it and and good for him. Well, good and for we, Kalani. we probably should, for those that don't necessarily know what that is, that watch list is for the coach of the year in college football. Yes, coach that, of the year. That's what that is for. And and Paul Bear Bryant is is one of the legendary coaches in all of sports. And, and for those that may not necessarily know who he is, you, you probably uh, there, there's two guys that I know of that their look was was the hat. It's a fedora, right? Is it? A, it's a fedora, right? Okay, yeah, it was a fedora. One is Tom Landry, and the other is Paul Bear Bryant. That's what that's what they wore. They they are synonymous with their hats. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's for the coach of the year. So the fact that you have Kalani on this list, I mean, just going over some of the other. I mean, this is it's obviously a who's who. In college football, right. of, of who it is, you're talking about Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. That's another Dan Mullen from the University of Florida. Dabo Sweeney from Clemson. I mean, we're talking about the other teams that BYU surrounded with in the top ten. You know, Indiana, Tom Allen. And Indiana's having an unbelievable season this year. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. This is... This is a, a quite this is the who's who of college without football. Without question. And this is really cool to see Kalani on this list that he's getting recognized for what BYU's done. And the most humble of men that you will ever meet too. Without he, question. He would not take any of that recognition onto himself. He he attributes it all to his players and to his coaches and that's honestly what makes him a great man and a great coach. Well he you ask him a question that's about him and he will he, hates it. he will deflect he it. Hates yeah, it. He does not like to talk about himself. He wants to put everything on on the players and and I mean that in a good way, not by putting everything on the players. <laughs> it's their he, fault. He wants them to have the recognition, like you said, and he wants them to be the ones that people praise, not what he does. And that's like you said, it's one of the reasons that that his you know his players are endeared to him. Yes, when I hear the name Paul Bear Bryant, I think of Paul Bearer. I'm probably not the only one. <laughs> Paul Bear. But when I first talk about the wrestler Paul Bearer, you no, like about, like at a like, funeral, like an actual like well, I was going like to ask Paul Bearer. I, Listen, but you do know who weird. Paul Bearer is, right? From <laughs> WWF. No, no, I do. Who is he? What's his, it, it, what's his stage name? His, his, that's his it's stage. Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer, oh, the... because his his <laughs> shtick was that he was not the I Undertaker. Think he, I think he was with the Undertaker. Really? He was the Undertaker's like handler, uh, and so he <laughs> came out as this like real creepy mortician looking guy, <laughs> and his name was. <laughs> Paul Bear. Bear. Well, there you go. I definitely know the Undertaker. <laughs> Not as familiar with the Paul Bear, but so but, but now it's going to be synonymous with the Coach of the Year. Let's just pause for a moment. <laughs> so far, we are about eight minutes into this show. We have brought up Paul Bear Bryant. We brought up yeah. uh, <laughs> Tom Landry. We've brought up the Undertaker, 
And now Paul Bearer as well. Yes. This is quite the beginning to this program. Why would we not, though? It's 2020. <laughs> we can talk about whatever the heck we want. As strange as this year year has been, this show is, is, is the least of our worries. Right. Well, something else happening uh, very close to home is Pac-12 approves non-conference games, and that happened towards the end of the week. Shep, do you think BYU should add one of those games, if possible, from the Pac-12? Look, I mean, first and foremost, BYU has the available dates. Just because BYU has the available dates doesn't mean that the other teams will. BYU's available dates right now are the 28th, so the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and then they have December 5th. Now, right now, BYU's last scheduled game is the 12th of December. There are some teams that will be playing on the 19th of December. A lot of those, however, are like conference championship games. Mm -hmm. So, theoretically, BYU could still schedule a game on the 19th if they wanted, but I, I, I find that unlikely. So, so really, you're talking about after today's game against North Alabama, you have two weeks before facing San Diego State. Those are the two weeks where BYU, if they want to add somebody, have available. If it's the Pac-12, and BYU even released a statement later in the week basically saying that they're evaluating everything on a week-to-week basis. They're interested in, they're, they're, they're looking at all opportunities to schedule more games against everybody, Pac-12 included, but it's being looked at on a week-to-week basis. They're not going to say we're, we're, we for sure want to, we don't. And quite frankly, I, I, there's a part of me that is like, you know what, you've set yourself up in a really good spot. Don't do it. You, you don't. You don't want to mess with it. You know what I mean. But at the end of the day, you also having two weeks off in the middle. You know these players want to play. Yeah, they want to play. And, and That's frankly, what it's about, right? And the other thing is, based off of how I, based off of how we've seen this team play, I, I feel confident they can they can take on anybody they want and and play well. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I think it's going to be very difficult to play a team from the Pac-12 simply because one of the things that the Pac-12 has brought up is that their, um, their rules for um, testing, their requirements, it is at a higher level than, than a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're requiring whoever the other they play to, do it. to have the same thing, and I, that, I think, is also going to be a deterrent as well. Yeah, I think so, too. So there's two sides of that argument, right? Exactly what you said is, do you want to... I don't know. Does BYU even want to mess? If you want to mess with it, with what they're doing right now, with the possibility of already going to a New Year's Six Bowl without having a Power Five team on their schedule, but then you have the other side that's like, yes, they just want to play football. Let's just play football. But also, if you are that confident that your team is that good, where you can make it that far, you should be okay with playing a Power Five team, including anybody in the Pac-12. So we'll see what happens. The Cougars were off last week, so nothing new to recap there. And so were today's opponent, the North Alabama Lions. We'll get to know the university from Florence, Alabama next on the Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back into the Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. And I'm Jason Shepard, one of the few holdovers from BYU's original 2020 schedule, actually the North Alabama Lions. Today we're on Zoom with Jeff Hodges. He's the Senior Associate Athletic Director over Communications for North Alabama to help us get to know this FCS school. Welcome to Cougar Tailgate, Jeff. We appreciate you taking a few minutes. Thank you all for having me on. So 
BYU has played eight games with two more currently scheduled, including the game against North Alabama. UNA season comes to an end with the BYU game after just four contests. Give us a peek into how 2020 has affected the Lions football program. So much like uh, most of the programs, we had a full 11-game schedule. As you mentioned, BYU was on that schedule. Uh, we also had Virginia Tech. But when everyone started dropping uh, their schedules, the Big South Conference uh, decided they were not going to play football in 2020, so we lost all our conference games. Uh, we were trying to scramble to, to save what games we could. And at that point, uh, you know, the NCAA allowed you could still play four games without burning any player eligibility. So we were able to schedule four games, three of them against FBS schools. And once we had that set, the NCAA said, hey, you can play all the games you want without burning any eligibility. Well, at that point, there was no one else left to play. Uh, there are only uh, 15, 16 uh, FCS schools playing this year. Uh, so we were able to play Jacksonville State, who was also on our original schedule, who's close to us. But aside from that, there was really nobody else we could play. So we basically had a game, an open date, a game, an open date. Um, you know, but it's it's been a extremely unusual experience. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, a couple of FC, uh, FBS uh, trips. We'd only played four FBS uh, teams prior to this year. We're in a transition. It's our third year in FCS. And uh, so playing Liberty right out of the gate, you know, uh, that was – and they're ranked and undefeated like you guys. And uh, then Southern Miss and, you know, and this one's going to be a – uh, a giant mountain to, to take on, but, uh, you know, it's been a great experience. Jeff, how does the team feel about uh, facing BYU? I think uh, when I came out to practice on Sunday and I heard Rocky music playing, I thought that was very appropriate because we're <laughs> definitely Rocky Balboa, <laughs> Rocky number one, and, you know, we're going up against Apollo Creed. I mean, uh, they definitely know, you know, what they're up against. They've seen video, they've heard about, you know, the the talent across the board, you know, all the positions, those kind of things. But I think they're just looking at it as a, as a great trip, you know, taking the experience and, and just play, you know, the best they can. And I think it was kind of the, the same feeling at Liberty. We knew they were going to be a really good team. And at halftime, we were only down seven to nothing. And we had missed two field goals and threw an interception in the end zone. And, uh, you know, and the game turned out they won 28 to seven. So they kind of wore us down. But I think we really, you know, held our own in that one. I think that gave us a little confidence. And um, against Southern Miss, we had a lead in the fourth quarter and let it slip away. But, uh, you know, our guys have competed in every game, and hopefully we'll be able to do it again, you know, today. Jeff, you mentioned a moment ago that it's an FBS school, UNA, but you've only been an FCS school since 2018. Originally, before that, you were Division II school. What has that transition been like to, to go from Division II to FCS? I think we've been extremely competitive. You know, at FCS, our first year we had a winning season, which I think is pretty remarkable. We went 7-3. and three. Uh, last year we were four and seven, and we lost uh, three games by a touchdown or less. And we played four nationally ranked opponents all on the road, and so it was you know it's a tough schedule. The the thing is, in coming in, you know we have our our small conference schedule in the Big South, but you're playing all these other uh, schools who are looking for games, right? So we're playing North Dakota State and Montana and all the giants of SCS, and so that's really been you know a tough on our guys. But again, we've competed. I mean, I think our um, our, our players have enjoyed the trips, and, you know, we're, we're just kind of in, um, like I said, that transition. This year has really been kind of the, the oddity with just the four games and so on, looking forward to getting back back on track next year. But I think our team's adjusted really well, and, you know, I think we really expected to just with our, our great tradition in Division Two, And, um, you know, we're used to winning around here. Last year was just our, um, our first losing season since 2002. And so, you know, we're used to winning and used to having success. And uh, so, you know, it's – kind of taking on the chins a little hard, but I think they've enjoyed it so far. 
And, and speaking of giants, even fans who aren't big college football fans, they've probably heard of Alabama and Auburn. So what's it like to be a football program in the state of Alabama with those two juggernauts? Uh, it's great. I mean, uh, you know, the, the football tradition in the state, not only those two, but you have Troy, which is uh, annually in bowl games and that kind of stuff. Jacksonville State's always a, a power in the FCS. And if you look at the last 30 years since 1990, uh, North Alabama, we're the second winningest college football program in the state of Alabama, behind only the University of Alabama. Alabama's got a 73.4% winning percentage in the last 30 years, and we're at 71.0. So I think that's pretty remarkable and kind of speaks for itself. But, uh, you know, um, just football in Alabama is crazy, you know, as you as you have heard and imagined, you know, um, but it's, again, I think we've held our own in that category. Talking with Jeff Hodges, he's the Senior Associate Athletic Director over Communications for North Alabama, BYU, and the Lions of North Alabama tonight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So now I know that North Alabama is in Florence, Alabama. And the reason I know that is because I had to look it up. So I look to see where Florence is. So it's in the northwest corner of the state. Give everybody an idea of what Florence, Alabama is like. What's the vibe around there? What's the what's the the college scene in that area? Give everybody an idea. Of, be the the director of tourism for Florence for us. It's uh it's just a beautiful city and it's a beautiful campus. Uh, we're in the, what's called the Quad Cities. So there's four cities: uh, Florence, Muscle Shoals, Sheffield, and Tuscumbia. They've all kind of merged together. The Tennessee River kind of divides them right down the middle. Uh, it's a great great tourist place. A lot of bass fishing tournaments here and you know, those kind of things. But we're we're two hours from Nashville, two hours from Birmingham, two hours from Memphis. So we're kind of right in the middle. But two we're kind of off, everywhere. off to ourselves, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that's one of the great recruiting things. When we're recruiting student athletes and they come here, it's just a beautiful area. It's a beautiful campus. Um, you know, it's old, you know, southern, traditional, you know, looking campus with a lot of trees and just a really beautiful place. And one thing that really spices it up is we have a live lion uh, mascot. And we've had live lion mascots here since 1974. Uh, we have Leo the, the third, and uh, he actually turned 18 on Wednesday of this week. Um, and so he's about a 450-pound guy, and he lives right in the middle of campus by the president's home. And we get just tons of, you know, tourists come by there and Sports Illustrated, um, you know, and other publications of, you know, featured them in all kind of mascot, um, you know, articles and things over the years. So it's a, it's kind of a unique thing that we have too, but it's a, it's a, a nice draw for, you know, fans or people coming to the area. I'm glad you mentioned the lion because I think that is so interesting and I want to go. It's kind of like a little zoo on campus and you've been there since 1982. How did the school acquire the lion in the first place? Well, the Dr. Uh, Galat, who was our uh, president back in 1974 when they got the first lion, uh, just had the idea and they had it. It was a lion cub. Uh, None of the lions that we've had were uh, from the wild. They were all born into captivity. So they were going to be in a zoo or, or something similar anyway. And when the uh, first lion died in the in 1980s, uh, we, we got a second one in 1988. And then uh, 2002, um, after the, our second lion had passed away, they actually got a brother and a sister. So we had Leo the third and Una, and uh, they've been there for 18 years. And Una just passed away a couple of months ago. Uh, but they really re- redid the habitat, and it's all funded by you know private donations. Uh, they have little lion head banks that they pass out at the home football games and people donate. And uh, so it's, you know, funded by the community, funded by uh, fans. And uh, it's just a, a, a great draw, but it's, it's really great because you can be in your office across campus and you can hear the lions roar. Uh, if you're in a classroom <laughs> near, near them, they can actually shake the windows in the building. 
don't know if they get upset about something. So it's a, it's just a cool thing to have on campus. All right. Well, well, BYU fans probably haven't seen North Alabama in action yet this year. What is one thing that we can look forward to on the field tonight for the Lions? Um, I mean, our our defensive line has played really well all year, and uh, you know we hopefully they'll be able to hold their own uh, at least you know in the in this game. And um, you know we've got a couple of transfers there, a couple of returning guys, but we're uh, we're pretty big and strong up front, and uh, you know our defense has played well. We haven't given up a point in the first quarter this year. And at halftime, we've only been down a combined 21 to 20. Uh, so, you know, I think we've worn down in the second half of some of the games. But I really think, you know, our, if our defense can play well in the first half, that'll be, a, you know, positive for us. Our offense has struggled a little bit. We lost our, our – who's supposedly going to be our starting quarterback before the season. He ended up opting out. And then our uh, starting fullback or running back uh, had an ACL injury, so he's out for the season. So our offense mm-hmm. has kind of been diminished. Um, but, the, you know, the defense is really uh, what's held us in there, you know, so far this year. Well, we're excited to see what happens, and it's too bad you just you can't bring those lions with you. I was really looking forward to seeing those. Oh yeah, with our home games, they had a travel cage, and they both travel, you know, to the home games, and they're parked on the sideline, and the fans go down and see them. And and back when I was first here in the '80s, they would actually travel to, to road games in state, like Detroit or Jacksonville, and uh, so that was a cool thing to be able to take the lions along. One of the things that we like to do, or at least I like to do, when we when we talk with with schools. Uh, is to go find the the notable uh, alumni, and so obviously there were a lot of guys that were were listed with um, with North Alabama. Is it accurate that the guy that played Goober on uh, the Andy Griffith Show is an alum of UNA? Is that accurate? I, I knew you were going to go there. Um, uh, like that's the one that story. stood out to me, Jeff. I mean, oh, it stands out, no, right? He's, he's our guy, George Lindsay. Yeah, uh, we played the nineteen ninety one national championship game against Bridgeport, and. When they did a, a billboard, you know, here's where Bridgeport is. Here's their famous alumnus. And it was like a Nobel Prize winner and like Walter Cronkite or somebody. And we had Goober and Wimp. We had Wimp Sanderson that was a basketball coach in Alabama and Goober. And I'm like, Goober and Wimp, I don't know that, you know, the great alums, just the nicknames kind of, you know, set you off. But uh, we've had some other great ones. Harlan Hill played football here in the 1950s. And he went on and was NFL Rookie of the Year and Most Valuable Player with Chicago Bears and uh, – you know, just a lot of uh, outstanding, uh, you know, alum like that over the years. We've had a couple of Nobel Prize winners and those kind of things, and Pulitzers, but that's um, yeah, Goober's right at the top. He's in our athletic hall of fame. He was a quarterback on the football team. He, you know, it was back when the quarterback was the blocking back, you know, but uh, he's in yeah, our when hall you're, of fame. When, when you're on a classic TV show like the Andy Griffith Show, look, and, and there's probably a significant uh, amount of our listeners right now who probably don't even know what we're talking about in terms of the Andy Griffith oh, yeah. show. But when you're on an iconic show like that, that's going to stand out. When, as soon as I saw his picture, I didn't even have to look at his name or anything. I knew exactly who he was. So I think oh. that's pretty cool. But yeah, that's, that's, that is a quite the notable alum to say the least. Absolutely. We have a George Lindsay uh, theater here and we have a George Lindsay film festival and it actually, uh, we partner with UCLA and some other film schools. And so they have some collaborative stuff. So it's a, it's a you know, pretty good uh, part of what we have going on here. Well, I'm sure the team will be trying to outplay the names Goober and Wimp in the, in the, in the game tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Jeff Hodges is the Athletic Communications Director at the University of North Alabama. Thank you so much, Jeff, for coming on the Cougar Tailgate. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Coming up next, we're going to be looking ahead to the basketball season that starts next week with freshman forward Caleb Lohner. You won't want to miss that. It's Cougar Tailgate.
to Cougar Tailgate. My name is Jason Shepard. And I'm Lauren McLean. The last time we saw Mark Pope and the BYU basketball team, it was in the WCC tournament in March. And then a whole different kind of madness ensued. Now with their top three seniors gone, the basketball team is looking to regroup and move forward with the momentum they built. One new feature of the team this year is freshman forward Caleb Lohner, and he's here with us today. Welcome to the Cougar Tailgate, Caleb. Thank you guys for having me. We appreciate it. So as we've found over the past few months, nothing is guaranteed. What has it been like for you and your teammates to be inching closer to an actual game and an actual season? I think we're all dying to play. Like from the moment we all got here at the beginning of the year, uh, kind of throughout the summer, we were all very skeptical to as if when and where or even if we were going to play. Um, so now that we have a schedule and we know – we're so excited, like working for this, and everyone on this team is just so stoked and ready to go. Everybody that signs has a unique story and a unique journey onto onto how they made their decision and where they ended up. Take us through your unique journey ending up at BYU. For those that don't know, originally you signed uh, with the University of Utah, but you you were able to ultimately sign in Provo. Give everybody an idea of your journey to be a Cougar. Um, it was a long process, that's for sure. And there was ups and downs. And I think at the end of the day, though, I ended up where I needed to be. And I'm so blessed to be part of this team, uh, practice and work every day with all these guys and I'm really just part of this BYU basketball family that we have, and I couldn't be more grateful. Why was it important for you to be a BYU Cougar? Obviously, I know there's some there's some family there uh, that in in terms of you know their ties, and so you you kind of grew up knowing all about BYU. Why was it important for you to be a Cougar? Um, I think there's still a story to write, but as for right now, I just there was all these situations and different things going on, and um, everything started to point me to BYU. And I think the, initially when I was making decisions, there were some other things going on. And again, I'm just so grateful and blessed to be welcomed by open arms um, from Coach Pope and this amazing staff. And being here at BYU is definitely different. Um, it's a different experience, but it is really special, and I'm so blessed. And speaking of Coach Pope, that guy could talk about the weather, <laughs> and he's he's going to get you energized. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, yeah. He's a fantastic guy. So tell us about your relationship with Coach Pope and, and why you wanted to play for him. Um, so I really didn't know Coach Pope at all. Um, kind of at the beginning when he started recruiting me and as things went on. And the more and more I got to know him, uh, the more I really, I think, develop this respect for a few things. One, how badly he wants to win. And then throughout this process, too, how much he really cares about our team as individual people and then as players. And I think um, what really is cool about the relationship with Coach Pope is it's just continually growing. I still feel like to this day I, I know him decently, but there's just so much room for growth. Um, and I'm so excited and ready to play for him and this BOU basketball team. You know, Caleb, I would imagine with with this year's group, and obviously you coming in and being first year here, it was going to be new to you anyway, but with so many other new players on this roster, I would imagine that probably makes the transition a little bit easier. Would that be a fair statement? Um, I would say a little bit, but at the same time, Everyone who wants to come play at BYU 
um, wants to win and they want to play and they want to be part of this special program. And I think what's made that cool is all of these new players and all the existing people here, we all have this super competitive nature and everybody wants to win. And it's, we're all just pushing each other to be better. And it's such a beautiful thing. Um, the, the relationships that I'm developing with guys on the team is awesome. And I couldn't be more grateful to be part of this organization. We're talking to Caleb Lohner, forward freshman on the BYU basketball team. Caleb, one of your trademarks is your blonde curly hair. And it's a little bit shorter now than it was before. And I think your hair has an unofficial Instagram and Twitter account. Is that right? Uh, Are you aware of that? I, do you know that? I, I'm pretty sure I, I've seen an unofficial <laughs> Caleb Lohner hair uh, on Instagram or Twitter. You may want to look into that. You maybe do some royalties or something uh, here. Go ahead. Maybe, man. Go ahead and look that up. How often are you recognized simply because of your hair? Um, A decent amount. Um, it was definitely more when I had my really long curly hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I cut that off. I'm still rocking it. I uh, got the <laughs> curls coming. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's super fun to kind of switch up your hair and your appearance. Um, I am kind of impulsive and love doing different things. But yeah, my hair has been a fun journey. So There, there are a few things you can change in life, Caleb, and your hair is one. So yep. I applaud that. For those that don't know, you are not originally from Utah. You you grew up in Dallas, born and raised in Texas. So give everybody yep. an idea of of maybe your upbringing and um and what ultimately, you know, your your journey out here to uh, the state of Utah. Yeah, well, I think it just all started with some of the phenomenal coaches and mentors I had in Texas growing up playing the game of basketball and support I had from Texas as a state and just the people around me. I had some really good people around me, people that were pushing me every day, people that were um, helping me be the best version of me. And then all these ties back to BYU. My parents grew up here. Um, I have some close connections with uh, BYU staff. And at the end of the day, I just knew that BYU was the place that I needed to be. And yeah, I ended up here and I haven't looked back. So being from Dallas then, so are you a Dallas sports fan? I'm going to assume you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. But it, so Okay, so yep. does that mean then you're a Mavs fan, you're a Rangers fan? Like, are you all oh. things Dallas? Yes, I am. I've never really been super into baseball. But, yeah, if I were to pick a baseball team, it would be the Texas Rangers. But for sure the Cowboys and the Mavericks, those are my two teams. I grew up watching them, going to games. Like, that's just what it was. So you're a huge Dallas fan, and yet you wear number 33 for Larry Bird. And there's probably some of our listeners who haven't yep. watched Larry Bird play. Why are you such a big fan of his? You know what? I really don't know. Actually, I do know, but I don't know <laughs> where it came from. I think it came from my dad. Um, just starting to kind of talk about the way he talked about Larry Bird and kind of just passed it on to me. And then from the time I was younger, I just dove into this deep ex- exploration of Larry Bird and his greatness and um, the rivalry between him and magic and just that whole era of basketball. I really was interested in. So I did all my research. I'm watching the ESPN 30 for thirties. I'm YouTube and stuff late at night about Larry bird and reading about him. I just kind of became fascinated by his game and the way he played and how tough he was. And, and then I'm sitting here now wearing number 33. 
And let's be honest, like in in Bird's earlier days, he had very blonde, curly hair. There's also that tie-in as well. Yeah, which is really, I never even thought about that. After I cut my long hair off, I started getting people texting me different pictures. Like, oh, you look like Larry Bird. Oh, you look like the Statue of David. Oh, all these different things. But I really think if I grew a gnarly mustache, I would look like Larry Bird. Look, I know Thanksgiving. Uh, I know Halloween is over, but you really should have gone as Larry Bird. That could have been sweet. <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. I should have. There, there's always next year. Always next year. So, who in today's game are you a fan of? Um, I don't know. I think it's a mix of a lot of different players. My favorite player, arguably of all time, is LeBron James. I'm a LeBron fan. Um. But I would also say there's tons of different players in the NBA that I admire for different reasons. Some defensive players, some people like I've always loved Kevin Durant, the way he moves with the ball and scores and how tall he is, his figure. Um, I've always been fascinated by that. But I think right now the NBA is taking a really cool shift in game um, and everyone can shoot the ball. So there's all these big shooting the ball. There's bigger guards. And that really intrigues me because – I'm a bigger person, and I think that um, that could be a really cool outcome one day. So, Caleb, next week is Thanksgiving, and the good news for you is, look, and I'm assuming at your age anyway, you can eat whatever you want and not have to worry about it. <laughs> uh, that's the that's the beauty of, of being younger. Those but, were the days, weren't they, Shep? <laughs> I know. Seriously, they were the great, they were the great <laughs> days. But, like, you aren't going to – you've got three games to worry about next week. You're not going to have to worry about overeating because you've actually got a game on Thanksgiving, which then obviously brings us to the Thanksgiving question – what what is the go to Thanksgiving meal like? Is there a, is there a certain portion of the meal that is your favorite? Do you have a go to Thanksgiving uh, meal? I think my two favorite things to eat on Thanksgiving are one stuffing and then just a ton of mashed potatoes and gravy. Oh yeah, it's very. I know it's pretty bland, nothing crazy, but I do think that those are my two favorite things to eat. Does anyone so, really like the turkey? I don't. I am not a fan of the turkey. Every time I have the turkey, it's dry. Like, <laughs> yeah, you got to drown it in the gravy, though. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. That's like a must. But even then, why why not just eat some mashed potatoes with gravy? Like, <laughs> totally. That's way better. Agreed. I'm totally with I don't know who came up with the turkey idea, but there's some a lot. There's a lot better meats well, out there. I, I know a lot of turkeys that wish maybe we were going a different direction. But uh, <laughs> Do you know turkeys? I, no, I don't. Oh, okay. I don't know. We digress. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Caleb, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. I know Cougar fans are super excited to see you on the court this season and this entire basketball team. Uh, good luck this season, and thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Coming up next this Thanksgiving season, we are thankful for college basketball. We're taking a look ahead at the Cougar season right after this on the Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to the Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. And I'm Jason Shepard. BYU football nearing kickoff. 
against the Lions of North Alabama. We earlier in the program spoke with their communications AD, Jeff Hodges. Also, just finished talking with Caleb Lohner, freshman forward on the BYU basketball team. If you missed any of the show today, or maybe you just want to listen to it again, there's nothing wrong with that. You can check out the podcast wherever you get podcasts or our full show archive at BYUradio.org. And talking to Caleb really got me excited for basketball and to see this team back on the court. It'll be a different team from last year, but Mark Pope is still pacing the sidelines as he proved in his first year that he'll have the team ready to play no matter what. You know, and there are so many new faces on this. And and just look at what BYU lost. And it's not just the sheer numbers of people. I mean, you had Yoli and Jake Toulson and TJ Haas. I mean... The experience, the leadership, the confidence of all those guys. All of those guys, beyond even just that stuff, look at how much production left. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So these guys guys coming back like Alex Barcelo and Connor Harding... Colby Lee, guys that have been on this roster before, you know, they will certainly, you know, will be looking to improve. I actually look for really big things from Alex Barcelo. Having been in, in the system last year, played really, really well. Now he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more this year. Uh, big things for him. And, and then all of the new guys. I mean, you have Gideon George and Caleb Lohner, who we mentioned. Uh, and Brandon Averett, who was over at UVU, who I am super excited to watch play. This guy is so quick on the floor. There's just so many new things. Uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch. And we get three chances this, this next week to watch this team. They play three games next week. And BYU's coaches said that Averett will kind of be taking the place of TJ Haas mm-hmm. in kind of his role, but with a completely different skill set. I mean, I mean I wouldn't say completely different skill set, but he just plays a different game than TJ Haas and so it's going to be fun to see how that varies. Yeah, the the first game will be Wednesday night. It'll be the day before Thanksgiving, so that's Wednesday, November 25th. Uh, that is a game that uh, originally was set for 7 o'clock Mountain Time. It's been moved up an hour, so now it will uh, tip off at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, obviously an hour pregame on uh, the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Find your local <laughs> listings for that. Uh, so uh, that will be the November 25th against Westminster. Then Thanksgiving night, BYU will be hosting Hosting New Orleans, 7 o'clock Mountain Time. And then Saturday the 28th, they'll be hosting UVU. So all of those games broadcast both on uh, on BYU TV and then on uh, the new skin BYU Sports Network. So uh, we're going to get a, a really good look quickly with three games right out of the gate from this team. And after that, they hit the road for Connecticut in a modified bubble and blending of a few different tournaments. And circle your, your calendars on December 12th. That's the season finale for football against San Diego State, but also basketball versus Utah. It's a ma- what are we going to do? It is a massive game. We are going to have a doubleheader just with football and men's basketball. But from a, a BYU TV standpoint that day, it's actually a triple header. Because that day, women's basketball also plays. So mm. we're going to have three broadcasts in a row that day. Playing Utah, I'm assuming, as well. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, now, women, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, okay. As a matter of fact, you know what? Let me look that up really fast. <laughs> it is not, it is not, uh, I, I don't think it's Utah. So let me let me double check on well, that. Well, if they played Utah, those three games happening on the same day is just mind-blowing. Because women's basketball is supposed to have a phenomenal season as well. I'm really excited they to see what Shaley they can Gonzalez do. Get Shaley Gonzalez back yes! after oh, the Shaley. injury. 
Stay healthy, Shaylee. Boise State. I should have hey, known that. I knew that earlier right. today. It was it's Boise, Boise State. Boise State is the new Utah, Shep. <laughs> hey, maybe women's basketball will beat Boise State 55-17 to 17, just like the football team did. <laughs> that would be a glorious thing. <laughs> and then there's conference play. BYU was voted second in the WCC preseason poll, and Alex Barcella was picked for the all-WCC preseason team. Yeah, I, I'm excited for, for Alex. You've got Alex and Brandon. Uh, our friend, Jerem Jordan. Yes, uh, he, a good friend. He, he and Spencer uh, on BYU Sports Nation have nicknamed them the ABBA backcourt because <laughs> you have Alex Barcelo and Brandon Averett. Hey! So, A-B-B-A. So that's a shout-out to you, Jerem and Spencer. Are they going to sing an ABBA song every time we can only hope the duo not. does something? <laughs> we can only hope and pray that does not happen. That they get nowhere near a microphone to sing. <laughs> <laughs> they both actually have decent voices. I, I have to. Point I've not out. heard. I have heard Spencer sing, and a shout out to Spencer's joined this program a couple of times yes, over the last month or so. Love the guy, but I have not heard Jerem sing. Jerem has a really good voice. I'm next time. Great we, harmonies. I share an office with with both of them. <laughs> Maybe one of these days you get a little three part harmony coming out of the sports bring, office. Bring in your harmonica tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, you set the give pitch. Him a, give him a tone. You set the yeah. pitch, yeah. I heard you're good singers. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so if you've gotten used to seeing BYU football and ESPN this season, you'll be pleased to hear about the national attention the BYU basketball team will be getting, starting with the conference opener against Pepperdine on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so BYU jumping into conference play right at the end of the year, and then, you know, every, everything, it boils down to BYU, Gonzaga, and St. Mary's every year, doesn't every it? Every year. Every year, it's the three. So... I'm just look. I am just excited that we are talking about the basketball season starting. That <laughs> when it, especially with as it pertains to BYU. I mean, you remember how good this team was last year and where they were ranked. And this was a team that a lot of people were picking to do something in the NCAA tournament, and then it was all canceled. So they didn't get an opportunity to see what they could do. I'm excited to see what this team can do with some new faces and being energized. I, I'm. I'm I'm looking forward to this basketball season, and uh, it, it's it's upon us. I'm really excited about it. It was fun watching what Mark Pope was doing with UVU with his time there, bringing in all the grad transfers, and you see that he's doing the exact same thing here at BYU, and that was working very well for him there. So I, I think it's going to transfer over. I think it's going to be great. So to speak, transfer over. Did you even mean to say that? <laughs> I, I didn't. No, Subconsciously, look, I did. You're right. That's one thing that Coach Pope has always done a fantastic job of while at UVU. He's starting to do that now at BYU as the transfer. We're starting to see more and more of that with the BYU football team as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just the way... Really that, all around the country. Absolutely. Collegiate sports is going this direction where guys are going to be willing to go someplace for a year and play... Once they've graduated from their current school, if there's an opportunity to maybe play another year and go to a, a team that you can choose that maybe is the best fit for you, you know, that's that's kind of the way things are going. And and I don't think it's gonna go I don't think it's gonna start going back to the old way. I think we're we're gonna start getting more and more down that road mm-hmm. in terms of less restrictions from being able to move back and forth because you're just seeing it too much. I remember hearing some of these older coaches not just here at BYU, but around the country, talking about how much they dislike that because there's no. It feels like there's no loyalty to the team, right. you know, that you originally started with. But unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, that that is just exactly how the game is being played now. That's just what's happening. Yeah, it's it's the way collegiate athletics uh, is trending, and and I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. And look, 
And when you've got guys like Mark Pope and his coaching staff with Coach Burgess and Coach Feger, you know, and Coach Robinson, these are guys that have a really good eye for talent. And if you can find somebody that you think is a really nice fit and there's an opportunity for him to transfer in, why wouldn't you approach him and try and see if you can get something? I think it's I think it's great. That's a hard staff to beat right there when it comes to recruiting. If you think about that, that's that's, that's a powerful staff with a lot of experience. And they're younger guys mm-hmm. that have a lot of energy and and semi in the be- towards the beginning of their coaching careers. And I think... I think a lot of these recruits are, are very much attracted to that. Well, you heard when we were talking with Caleb, you know, he was talking about how, you know, his relationship with Coach Pope has grown and he's, you know, he, he learns more and more about him all the time. I mean, you know, you've been around Coach Pope. I mean, the, the guy is infectious. I mm-hmm. mean, his energy and enthusiasm is unmatched. I mean, honestly, I, I would not want to be somebody trying to recruit against Mark Pope. I just wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, the, the guy, first of all, he's he's unbelievably personable he has a the pedigree behind him in terms of where he has coached and who he has um you know played obviously played at kentucky played in the nba speaking of larry bird played Mm -hmm, for the pacers mm -hmm, and larry bird mm -hmm. you know so he has not only does he have the enthusiasm but he has the knowledge both as a player and a coach to walk into anybody's home and say, this is why I think you should come to BYU and play basketball. Then he has a guy like Rick Pitino that's yeah. that's recruiting for him, saying, come play for my guy, Mark Pope. Yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> Coach He's Pat- got everything going for him. Coach Pitino was when um, when BYU TV did that uh, publicized practice where they aired the, the two hours of you know live practice a month or so ago. Maybe it wasn't that long ago. Couple, at least two or three weeks ago. It seems like these weeks all run together anymore. <laughs> I know. But... They had Rick Pitino on. He joined. He jumped on with Spencer and, or uh, excuse me, Jerem and Anson Winder, and he was talking about whatever Mark Pope needs. I'm there for. So it's awesome. like if he needs anything for me, I'm there. <laughs> it's Rick Pitino. You're like, whoa, Rick. Slow that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I know it's it's awesome. So it's going to be exciting to see this season and seasons to come uh, with Mark Pope teams. Shep, so. We mentioned that BYU plays on Thanksgiving, and this week is Thanksgiving. I think about food, you know. I think about food <laughs> I'm anyway. About I'm, food I'm right eight months now. pregnant. I, all I think about is food most of the time, but especially the week of Thanksgiving. And I want to know what are your top five Thanksgiving tailgate items? What do you what do you have to have on your Thanksgiving plate? Okay, I'm like, so look. I know we've had this discussion about the dryness of the turkey. <laughs> I'm still going to eat the turkey. I'm just going to put a lot of gravy. Tur- it's, look, it's a must. It's Thanksgiving. Turkey. It's turkey. Mm-hmm. Okay? So turkey for one. Okay. Um, I love the pumpkin pie. Okay. Love pumpkin pie. I don't eat pumpkin great pie, pie anywhere else, any other time of year <laughs> other than Thanksgiving. Uh, so pumpkin pie, turkey, uh, mashed potatoes, I absolutely look. I'm I'm not going to surprise anybody. There's not going to be anything like earth shattering here. I've mentioned turkey. I've mentioned pumpkin pie, and I've mentioned mashed potatoes. Now here's where I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Okay. Stuffing, I but it's only my wife's stuffing. Mm. Okay. Here's and here's how she prepares this. Okay. I if I had, let's see, how do I say this? If I had a nemesis in life, it would be an onion. Okay. <laughs> I hate onions so much, 
My mom growing up would have to make things like a separate sauce that didn't have onions for me. Like, so yes, that gives you a hint as to how I was raised. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but my wife, Ship. she still puts that stuff in it, but she purees it. So there's no crunch. So all you do is get the flavors. So you're a texture without guy. Without the you mental don't, don't part like of textures. it. Like, oh, I've been into an onion and I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We, okay. We've met. I have to say so, this. So stuffing is, is, is in there um, as, as one as well. But your wife's stuffing. But it has to be my wife Heather's stuffing. We've mentioned this in previous shows, how picky of an eater Jason oh, Shepard yes. is. Very much. If you guys ever go to lunch with this man... <laughs> You're not even going to be paying attention to your own food because you're going to be watching him Basically, if we pick go, apart his food. If we go out to eat together, <laughs> you're going to need to just go someplace that I can get chicken fingers. <laughs> no. Are, are no, you 10? No, no, I mean, no, no, I don't go eat just chicken fingers. But yes, I, I, there are a lot of things I do not like. I do not like onions, tomatoes, peppers. Oh. Yeah, so. Well, don't go to any Mexican restaurant. I love Mexican restaurants. I don't understand. The salsa's pureed. (laughs) Sort of. Some. All right. I'm going to go into my top. Okay. Top. So your your Thanksgiving. We've we've devolved from Thanksgiving to Mexican food. We we did. Which which really, if Thanksgiving was made up of Mexican food, I would be. I'd be fine with that. Very happy. I love Mexican food. I love Mexican food. But I also love me some some homegrown American Thanksgiving food, but not turkey. So I rarely eat turkey. And if I do, it has to be the white. Part and I know that's the driest part, so I'm told. So you're not the dark meat. You're all I about don't love the dark white meat, meat of any of any type. Okay. But all but right. uh, but I do like ham, so I'm going to go with ham because okay. that's usually an option. <laughs> At least at, at my family's Thanksgiving dinners, they always have a ham. Mashed potatoes and gravy are mm-hmm. my bread and butter, yeah. my friends. And speaking of bread, bread and butter, butter, give me some rolls. Yeah, see, I didn't that's add there too. Rolls was rolls is my rolls. fifth. Yes, rolls is my. You got to have some rolls with homemade strawberry jam or <sighs> raspberry. Does it, is your mouth watering it? Oh, right. I know. I love me some stuffing. What? Leave out the gizzards. Why are we having this conversation so many I don't know. days I'm really away hungry, from though. Thanksgiving? I'm really hungry. Leave out the gizzards of my stuffing, but I love me. Some stuffing. And I'm also, for my fifth, going to go with, there's this raspberry jello that has, like, pretzels in it. I know what you're talking about. Fresh ras- fresh raspberries with whipped cream on top. You know what I'm talking I about? I know what you're talking about. That. Okay. That is my number five. And that will be on my plate come Thursday, my friend. Oh, so good. <laughs> that sounds so good right now. I know. You know what? Now that we've made everybody extremely hungry, not just for Thanksgiving... But for any food, for that matter, how about we end the show and go get something to eat? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcast wherever you get podcasts, Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. And head over to BYURadio.org or the app for the Cougars versus the Lions kicking off in just a couple of minutes. This is Cougar Tailgate. Cougar Tailgate.